Hello, everybody. Welcome again to Top of the Table. I'm your host, Brian Bentley, joined by my co-host, Mark Villa in Los Angeles. And this week, we have a very special guest. It's the radio voice of the Los Angeles Galaxy, Mr. Joe Tutino. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Oh, my pleasure, guys. And we want to pre... You get to break the bottom of the barrel, huh? No, no. You found me. Actually, we were going to call the show <laughs> Bottom of the Barrel, but we didn't think that would be very good. <laughs> That's good. I love it. Uh, we want we want to preview the uh, preview MLS Cup, which is in in your home stadium this weekend. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we tried to tried to reach out to some Houston folks for equal time, but we did not have any luck. Just before anybody uh, begins to get frustrated with that, and we've got a we've got a lively matchup a a uh, team that's getting hot at the right time. The Houston Dynamo taking on a team that's been pretty pretty consistent all year with the LA Galaxy. Absolutely. You know, they're getting hot, but are they really? I mean, it's the Eastern Conference. I just got to put that out there. I I think that's that's a fair argument. I think a lot of people are going to look at that going in. Um, uh, You know, know, some people might even look to the last game of the season where the Galaxy, what, rested seven players. And and they might might hold the Galaxy a favor because uh, if it's not for the Galaxy losing or resting seven players in that final game, they're – they're the tenth seed, and they open up against LA, and yeah. uh, that would have been kind of a bloodbath uh, just to start out. But uh, you know, yeah, when a team makes it into the final, it's one game, and especially this year, we have two weeks to prepare for it. Guys have, ch- have a chance to get healthy once again. Um, I, ex- I expect a very good game. I, you know, um, talent, talent-wise, I think yeah, the Galaxy have more talent, uh, but Houston's very good on set plays. Brian Ching is. Does it really turn back the clock? I mean, he, he looks really good out there right now, and and if he can get on the end of a cross, that could that could set the tempo for them. And you never know what might get, you know what might happen. Now, saying that, do I think the Galaxy are going to win? Of course, I do. I believe the Galaxy are the best team in the league, and they're going to finish this off. Joe, what are your thoughts on the uh, Brad Davis injury? Do you think he really will not play, or do you think they're just going to slap some DMSO in that bad chicken and put him on the field? I think. Uh, um, I think when him, with him making the announcement so quickly, saying that he wasn't going to play, immediately tells me that he's going to try to find a way onto the field. Um, yeah. so I think we're going to find out a little bit more this week, but uh, if it's uh, the type of injury that Robbie Keane had and the type of injury that Landon Donovan had, uh, I, think, I think he'll be on the field. Now, whether he's effective or not, I mean, we'll find out. Right. So you think he's going to pull a Paul Pierce? Yeah, he'll be out there. I believe he'll be out there at this point. Okay. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know. But then we you know you take another knock in that same area. Then you know, who knows how long you're going to be out there? Uh, yeah. See, I'm of the mind put Karofsky in because he's disposable, and just let him go all Cobra Kai on Davis sweep the leg and be done with it. That, that's well, my opinion. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think I think the regular the regular eleven should should be able to handle the situation pretty well. Um, yeah, I saw somebody break down that uh, said that Houston had a better midfield than the Galaxy. So I kind of scratched my hand a little bit about that. Uh, maybe maybe they had players playing different positions in Galaxy uniforms, but uh, you know I think Brad Davis does a good job in midfield. I think at forward you got Brian Ching for them, who's, who's obviously a real respected player still in this league. Defensively, I think the Galaxy back four is better, and uh, what Josh Saunders has done that in goal compared to Tally Hall. Uh, maybe I'm looking through Galaxy, you know, glasses here, but uh, I think I think you know Saunders 
is right there with him, if not better. I mean, look at his goals against average. Look at many shutouts he had, and yeah. uh, this season. So, so I'm 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 confident in that position and up top. You know, Robbie Keane is pretty sharp right now for Ireland. You know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that he doesn't come back injured. Uh, I'll deal with some jet lag, but if he, if he comes back uh, healthy, uh, I'm, I'm looking for good things. Yeah. Now, now, Joe, what do you think? Do you think we slot Landon in up top and uh, put Birchie in next to Beckham in the mid with Junie and McGee out wide, or what kind of configuration are you looking at? Uh, if if I were the one making the decision, I would probably make the least amount of moves, and I'd probably go with Adam Prisman up top, uh, have him play as a target forward, let uh, Robbie Keane roam like he likes to roam, and leave everybody in their normal positions. Uh, if you have to make a change, if you fall down one goal to none, then you can slide, you know, landing forward if you need him underneath the forwards and create uh, uh, more trouble for their defense that way. But uh, okay. I think I would go with the, the normal midfield and, and, uh, and just put Crispin next to Robbie Keane. Now, Joe, i, I got to ask you, i got to go back a few weeks here. Uh, when we were playing against the Goats, and as, as, I call, as I like to call them, we had both Lenny, a.k.a. Crispin, and George – a.k.a. Barrett, both on the field at the same time. And uh, I, I just, I was shocked they were able to connect with each other to make a goal. Uh, they've never been, goal, it? it was an amazing goal, but they've yeah. never been an imposing tandem. And it was just that perfect moment that they just, I don't know, the stars came together. I don't know why. I had to bring that up. I don't know. Sorry. I'll tell you what, I think, I think it's fair to say, though, that as the season has progressed, you know, uh, Chad Barrett has, has has improved and found his. He's been better and better on the ball. Now, I, I think I think what you're alluding to is that you know Chad finds himself in very good positions and probably should have more goals. But this is the career high for him. Uh, and so, it is. in that regard, you look at it and say, you say, you know what, this guy is. You know, he's finding his way. I, I think one thing about Chad Barrett is that I think a lot of people see him as a talented player and and a workhorse and a guy who does work really hard and. And you just wish you would have 10, 12 goals a year. And uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's next year. Who knows? Uh, but, but, yeah, um, I think what you want in that position, knowing that you got Robbie, Landon, David on the field, Janine can hit you from distance at times, uh, that, that you want a guy who's just going to take up some space, uh, be able to hold the ball, and make the right pass. Yeah. And I think Adam can do that. Yeah, so do I. I. I was, you know, he with the injuries, we didn't see a lot of him in the first half of the year. He came on a little slow when he came back, but he has had some moments that, uh, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I, 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 I like Chad Barrett an awful lot. I think he's a really great guy. I just feel like, I think he should have a ton more goals than he does. I think his first touch has betrayed him. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I, I think that's fair. I think maybe there's just also been one extra touch there. It's, it's kind of one, yeah. of, you know, it's, you can, sometimes it's the first touch, sometimes it's an extra touch. Sometimes it should have been a pass instead of a shot. It's just a matter of finding your way. And I think he has been making progress this year in a Galaxy uniform to the, to the point where it warranted, warranted him being in the first 11 on a consistent basis. It's, it's too bad that he went down with the ankle. Um, but, I mean, one of the things the Galaxy have talked about all year long when I do the podcast is their tremendous depth. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not really concerned if it turns out to be Adam Christman. Uh, I'd be a bit surprised if it's Paolo Cardozo. Uh, but then again, he could create havoc for a defense that's pretty slow. So who knows? 
Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm sorry, Brian. I hate to cut you off. Joe, I got to ask you this. And, I, and this will be the last time I'll do this, and I'll try and concentrate on Houston after this. I don't want to make this a Galaxy podcast, but I got to ask you when, you when you speak of depth, um, you know, y- yes, we have the bodies, we have the positions filled, we have depth in that regard. However, when you look at a team like New York who can pull off Luke Rogers and bring in Juan Aguadello, do we really have? Do, do, we, do we have a dangerous depth? Do we have a killer depth? Or do we just have that Stefani Melioranzi, Jovan Karofsky, we're going to throw bodies out there and park the bus depth? That's the, that's the only thing that scares me coming into this, to this last game. Well, I, I don't mean to answer, answer the question with the question, but do you really believe Agodello should have been on the bench or, or, or Luke Rogers? Um... No, I understand what you're saying. But Aguadero is in a Dix commercial. Yeah, it's exactly right. He's got his own commercial. He's got to be out. He's an Adidas kid. He's gonna be out. No, I, I tell you what. I think um, I think the thing is the Galaxy have their stars on the field. Uh, you know, I think it's fair to say that there's, there's a good argument that New York probably should have had found a way to get Aguadero on the field. Um, you know, I don't... I don't think there's a huge drop. If you lost Robbie Keane and you had to start Adam Christman, I think then you then you got to scratch your head a little bit and you wonder. You lose Landon Donovan and you have to start, let's say, for the sake of argument, virtual in the midfield position, then you're concerned. But the fact right. of the matter is the Galaxy, the Galaxy lost Juninho due to, due to his red card and you started virtual and virtual had the best game of the season for him yeah. and, and took their business. And I, and I think that's what I'm talking about with depth is that you know, this whole team finds a way to get things done they know that yeah maybe we have a lesser player in that position and the guys who are responsible on this team they pull up the slack to make everything work and that's what i'm talking about the depth for the galaxy do you have okay. team, uh, you know talent on your bench no of course not that's why that player's on the bench you know right. but uh but but they do a very good job this this 2011 team does a very good job of when somebody's gone yeah that player comes on the field he takes care of his job and everybody else pulls up the slack and i think in that regard, that's that's when I speak of the Galaxy's depth. They do a good job there. Right. Okay. This. Okay. I swear to God, this is my last Galaxy question, Joe. I swear this is my last one. I can carry yeah, his mic. Down down corner. Don't, don't swear to God. You, you you've had more opportunity than I have to to really get in depth and research this. I did one creepy, creepy, odd interview with the guy, um, and I and I was his biggest detractor. For the last couple seasons, I've made more Mike McGee jokes than really is humanly correct to have done. And I have done a complete 180 on the guy for no other reason than the San Jose game because he was just on his head and just, I mean, that's the kind of guy you want on your team. That's the kind of guy you want in your locker room. The way he came out and just took control, took charge, said, I'm the guy, put me in. You know, and then he's been on fire ever since. What? Well, what, I, I what do you, you what, think I it was? I understand where you're coming from because uh, you know a lot of people have asked the same question about Mike McGee and Dave Sarikin, uh Was a, we asked him about him uh, in our pre-production meetings with the TV guys, and we asked him, "So, what do you think of what? What would you call Mike McGee?" He says, "Clinical," and we said, "Why?" Because he always finds his way to be around the goal at the right time. And if he's at the six-yard box, he's going to find a way to put that ball in the back of the net. And when he first said this to us, this is a year, a year and a half ago. We all kind of looked, said, "Okay, 
all right, you know, you kind of you take it for what it's worth, and then uh, all of a sudden Mike has actually proved him right. Um, but you're going back to that San Jose game. Uh, you know, I think we had to change his diapers after the end of 90 minutes, but, but he did a great job. I mean, you know, what he did was, was, was what Mike, what Mike McGee did was, um, found himself in the, I guess, the wrong place at the wrong time next to Bruce Arena at the time of the red card and kind of said, I'll do it. And Bruce said, okay. Right. <laughs> and you kind of figured that maybe Bruce would go after a taller player or somebody who actually is a defender who knows how to defend and, and so forth. But he, he gave him the opportunity and, and I talked to Mike. Uh, right after that happened, and uh, the funny thing about Mike is that he's, he's, he's actually really kind of a, he's very humble, and he's very shy. He and, really uh, is. And, and you, re- try, <laughs> you know, you try to give him praise, and he thinks you're, you're teasing him, and yeah, that's I, not the case, you know, and... Um, you know, yeah, the, inter- I, I, the interview I did with him, I really freaked him out, and I felt really bad afterwards. It made for a great interview, though. Um, but seriously, do you, do you think that game... Because he actually, I mean, he has more swag on the field now. It's been noticeable. Yeah, I think it's, it's, a two, it's, a, it's two things. Um, I think, yes, there's been improvement there from Mike. There's more, more uh, uh, confidence out there. But I also believe fans that were kind of questioning him, like, for example, you might have been questioning him or other fans might have been questioning him, now look at him and say, you know what, at some point, at some point we know Mike's going to contribute to this game. And in that regard, yeah. you give them you give them more a longer leash than you might have in the in in, in the previous opportunities. Okay, yeah, no, I totally accept that. Like I said, I'm over the moon with the guy. I'm the first to cheer him now, so I I got no problems. I've done a complete 180 and begged his forgiveness. Uh, now, someone I do want to talk about is it? Um, I, I, I honestly I have not watched many uh, Dynamo games this year. Uh, right. So it's costly. Is the, is their new guy right? Who with the blazing Carlos speed? Costley, yeah, yeah. He had the first goal against uh, KC the other night, correct? For uh, to, to no, seal the second goal. The second, the second, second goal. goal. Yeah, okay. He's only got he two, goals, goal, two goals. Two goals. Dagger in their heart with that breakaway. Okay, yeah. but, he's, but he's got that blazing speed. You know, so I, I think Houston has a nice array of weapons to pull out. But again, I. Don't think overall they compare. I don't. I, I I'm saying not not compare. I, I don't think we have to worry too. Well, that sounds common. well. I, you didn't. We didn't think that also against Real Salt Lake two years ago. Uh, I understand what you're saying. I, I totally understand what you're saying. Or, that on paper, Dallas last if you year. go I'm easy or Dallas last year, easy. That's exactly no, right. No, yeah. I'm, well, that's, I'm being objective, Mark. You're, you are being objective. No, no. You're correct. No, no, I think you're right, Brian, because I think there's a different mentality. I think I appreciate you bringing that up because there's a different mentality with the Galaxy this year than it was last year, and I think that game against Dallas still lingers in the back of their mind uh, yeah. that they're not going to put themselves in that position again uh, to take anybody lightly. Now, against RSL in 2009, I don't think they took them lightly. I just think what happened was, you know, it just turned out to be a hard-fought game. The elements had a you know, played a role, and it came down to the goalkeepers, and you got to tip your cap to Nick Raimondo and what he did in penalties. No, uh, no, no, I'll go, it didn't go come down to the keepers. It came down to our captain shanking his kick. Okay, you can say that, but you know what? Even <laughs> even after he shanked his kick, he still had a chance to win, and he didn't. True, true. This is true. I, you know, I, I have so many bitter memories. I remember too many games and too many moments now. I have so many bitter memories about that game. Hey, let's um, let's let's switch. Let's talk about uh, the LA Galaxy's opponent in the MLS Cup. 
what terrifies me about the Dynamo is if Hall has a good game, he's almost unstoppable. He's almost unbeatable. I mean, if he's if he's on his money, it could be a tough night for us. We could, you know, it could just be frustration city. Well, that, which, and that's if they can get that far. Dominic Kinnear made a switch. Uh, there's a great story about this on the MLS website. Uh, September 10th, they made a defensive change. They dropped Jeff Cameron from central midfield back to center defense, and they have not lost since. Along with uh, Andre Hano's goal scoring and then Brad Davis's uh, 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 first 11 play and MVP award candidate play, I think Houston has a strong back line that could even match up. I don't say it's, I'm not saying it's going to rival L.A.'s back line. But they have a very impressive back line this last six weeks of the season. They have. I think it's fair to say that. I think, uh, I think if you look at it, uh, what Kinnear did was he got a center back who can put the ball out of the defense and not give the ball away in the offensive third or defensive third and give away other opportunities on goal. He cleaned that up. And uh, I got, you know, people have mentioned Jeff Cameron's name in the U.S. national team pool as well. Uh, I think I cut you off there, Mark. I apologize. No, 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 go ahead. No, I, I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, this team's the final for a reason. I mean, it's, they're not a bad team. They're a good team, but nobody got here by accident uh, this time around. Thank goodness, uh, MLS was able to dodge that one. Uh, but uh, you know, I expect a physical game. I, I expect uh, you know both teams to stand tall defensively, and um, yeah, we'll see which goalkeeper uh, comes out. I mean, goalkeepers are, are important in these games, obviously. Uh, the, you know the kind of mental cases, and one of them might wet the bed. But I don't, I don't think Josh Saunders is going to, considering everything he's been in in his playoff career. I mean, this guy was called in what sixty minutes into the, the final two two yeah. years ago, and and nearly became the MVP of the final. Yeah. And uh, this year he was called in, you know, right mid season when Ricketts breaks his arm. Next thing you know, he's he's the guy the rest of the season. Um, you know, so I, I'm I have no I have no worries about him showing up. Callie Hall, this is his first final. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you know, me personally, I have a difficult time taking Jeff Cameron seriously just because of the Chola eyebrows. I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not making a joke. I am being dead serious. I look at the guy and I just can't take him seriously. I, I know that's shallow of me and horrible as someone who's supposed to be, you know, looking at it from an even keel. But I look at the guy, I just can't take him seriously. not going to comment on that one. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, that's me. I, I I know he's a good player. I know he's got skills and I know he has helped to change that back line. Um I just have a hard time taking him seriously, man. I do. Joe, that's the part um, of the show where a graphic comes up that says you can send your comments and complaints to Mark's Twitter handle. Yes. There you go. So, I, I get several. At SC um, Beaner Lights for those. I'll look at that one. That's absolutely. That's pretty funny, but uh yeah, I, I, Brian, I, I understand where you're coming from uh, with, with their defense and, and the way they're playing. Uh, you know, they, they got to the final for a reason. And they're the first and, team to shut out uh, Kansas City in months, by the way. And they beat them in their house, yep. which is, which says a lot. Yeah, and, it really, really does. And, uh, of course, I'm sure they still have a chip on their shoulder playing the Galaxy. There's still that, that rivalry still does go back to San Jose. There's still enough, enough members of that team. Uh, that goes back to San Jose, and for guys like Brian Ching, who was a member of the Galaxy before becoming a member of San Jose, uh, I'm sure that's in the back of his mind as well. So, 
this is going to be, I'm expecting, uh, a, a real hard-fought game between these two clubs. I don't think it's going to be as chippy as the Galaxy New York Red Bulls, but, but I do believe we're going we're gonna to see a, a, dramatic, a dramatic affair on the 20th. So Houston comes in as the number seven seed. Mm-hmm. I want your thoughts because we talked about MLS dodging the bullet um, mm-hmm. and people not getting there accidentally. What are your thoughts on a seventh seed making it through their conference to the finals? Well, I, I think technically they're the seventh seed, but the way I look at them is the second seed out of the East. Um, because I, I, this, this, this silliness that we have seventh seed and you know, what, what it's going to be, uh, the way, what, what I would have really had a problem with is if the wild cards made the final. And then I would have kind of really said, hey, listen, this is, this is, not, this is not right. These guys, you know, first of all, this is a home game and all this other stuff that, that we can get into if you'd like to. But um, I look at them as being the second seed out of the East and making it to the final, the, the, the true team out of the East. Um, if it's a seventh seed because of the, because the Western Conference is so much better than the Eastern Conference, well, we see that in, in all sports. I mean, yeah. really, you think about you think think about the NBA and uh, the Western Conference so stacked in the West compared to the East, and the NFL has had its AFC and NFCs that the teams belong in the Super Bowl and teams don't belong in the Super Bowl. So in that regard, I kind of I, I can deal with that, uh, but I would have really had an issue uh, if uh, you know eight, nine, and ten found their way into the final in some way. If New York was a Western Conference champion again, that would have yeah. been a problem. And that's one of the th- you guys wouldn't be talking to me today, and I'd be, I'd be disappointed, absolutely. Well, that's one of the things that we, we talk about here when we discuss the playoff system is that last year your Eastern Conference champion were the Colorado Rapids, and the year before yeah. your Western Conference champions were the New York Red Bulls. Um, right. I don't want to take anything away from the Dynamo, but they had to go through Philadelphia and Kansas City two very hostile home environments to get to this point. So, Yeah, I mean, they, they yeah. did a remarkable job. They really came on strong at the end of the season. Uh, they were, I mean, honestly, let's say it, they were a laughingstock for the first few weeks, you know, first half of the season easily. And they fought back. They, they've done an amazing job. And uh, I'm looking forward to the game. I really am. So let's Yeah, I think, I think they did. I mean, you do, I think there was a lot of people talking about the Houston Dynamo had gotten old. And they didn't make the changes they should have made earlier. You know, get rid of a guy a year too soon as opposed to a year too late. All that stuff. All those cliches were showing up in the first uh, half of the season to two-thirds of the season. But, you know, they got hot and, you know, they took care of business. They got it done. And, we, and we've seen that in other sports, especially in baseball. You know, the mm-hmm. St. Louis Cardinals getting in as the wild card, after waiting on some, you know, on the Braves collapse and then just getting buzzsaw, you know, getting red hot like a buzzsaw through uh, – through the rest of the league, so we understand that. So let's let's. Uh, I don't want to pick at that scar for you, Brian. I understand. I know. I brought I brought it up. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's uh, let's get predict. Now, let's get predictions for next Sunday's game. Three one Galaxy. Joe. Uh, I, I two one, two one LA. I think two one extra and, uh, two one extra time. LA. Two one and extra time even. Really? I give I give me a heart attack announcing these games, I, huh? Yeah. I give the Dynamo defense credit and I, I think that uh, I think they find a way to play it and I don't think Brad Davis plays. Yeah. Okay. So Joe, there's a question in the chat room. Then this has been floating around for a day or two now about Frank Lampard coming to the galaxy <laughs> to replace Bex. 
I, I know there's very little to go on with this. It's probably just, you know, someone drumming up some sales for their paper. But what do you yeah. think of that if it were to happen? Um, I think Frank Lampard's a great player. Uh, I don't, I don't understand, I don't believe he's in the, and I could be wrong here, but I don't believe he's in the, the vision of what AEG does. You know, okay. David Beckham was brought in not only because he's a great player, but he was also the guy who transcended his sport. Now, he was a marketing tool. Yeah. In my opinion, in my opinion, Frank Lampard does not transcend his sport, and he's no different than Robbie Keane, and the galaxy brought in Robbie Keane. Okay, no, there you go. But okay. I, am, am I mistaken there or no? Not, you could not have hit the nail any harder on that. Yeah. Head. No, that was perfect. I said, I you know, I have my thoughts. I want someone who does this for a living. I, I wanted your thoughts. Now, also, uh, I've been busy all week, so I, I missed something, evidently, with MLS. Um, what's this with the unbalanced schedule that everyone was talking about over the course of the week? Uh, I'm still waiting to hear it, but I understand they're going to go back to an unbalanced schedule because they don't want to do the home-and-home -home thing. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, because we have 19 teams this year coming in, I guess, with Montreal coming in. So I, that's what I've heard more and more about uh, doing an unbalanced schedule. And I think also that just also probably help out travel. So I guess, I guess, what, we, we go to New York next year and they don't come here? Is that how it works? Is that what we're looking at? I think so, which is, I mean, in my, in my opinion, I think that's kind of ludicrous. Don't you? Yeah, I think, I'll tell you what. Uh, I guess there are going to be meetings here this week coming up, and I can just see every owner saying, well, wait a minute, I want both New York and L.A. coming to town. That was exactly yeah, I want, Beckham, I, want, I want to sell out with Beckham in my city. That was, yeah. that was the point I was going to right. raise. That's right. And now what do you do? So you, you, you tell New York and, and L.A. they're going to have less home games so everybody else can see them once? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that kind of feels like the reason they went to the home-and-home home schedule so everybody got to see Becks. Well, yeah, it makes, but it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, I, 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 still, I don't want to play San Jose and Chivas three times a year. There's no need for it. Yeah, it, I it, think it, it doesn't exacerbate the rivalry. It doesn't make it any better or any more bitter. It's just there's no need for it. Single table, balanced schedule, every team plays twice, and then top eight teams at the end of the year to go into the playoffs. Yeah, I can see that happening. I can. Uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't have. If you wanted to go conferences too, just for the sake of argument, because we're the United States and that's the way we do things. Uh, yeah. You can still do the top eight teams make the final. The two conference championships are in. Number one is number one. The other conference champions number two, and then you go three to eight. Uh, that would be fair, also, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, uh, I also am one that believes in the NFL way of doing the playoffs. And if you're a wild card, you don't deserve a home game. You play on the road. Yep. And if you make it to the final, then you are a true Cinderella, and that's the story. Uh, as opposed to, well, these guys got a chance to play at home. They were the 10th seed, this, that, the other. I think you know, when you have a, an opportunity to create a great story, then stay with it as opposed to making a mess out of it. And I think we in our sport tend to make a mess out of things. And that was one of the things that we'd, uh, we discussed is that the Galaxy win the Supporters' Shield, and here you go, your first game, you get to fly across country and play the wild card in New York. Absolutely. And then, and then have a three-day turnaround to come home play midweek right. to, to a less-than-capacity crowd because of school rules. Yeah, uh, not, not right. Not right on, on a lot of different levels. And I think uh, this week is going to have a, you know, I'm not going to be in those meetings. I'm not invited, unfortunately. But uh, I think all those things are going to be addressed 
by somebody. And if, if I know Tim, I've you know, known him for about 20 years. Uh, he's not a shy person. And I think he's going to throw a lot of things on the, on top of the table. Let's put it that way. Hey, t- hey uh, Joe, just going back to the luncheon preseason, how happy yeah. were you sitting there when uh, when when Tim Lewicki just said point blank, this is our year, we're going to win everything, and we get to win it at home this year? When he dumped on us in the luncheon that we were hosting the Cup, how happy were you? Uh, I was very happy because, you know, I've, I've, I've missed it a couple of times when it's been in L.A. because our right. team hasn't been there. And so yeah. you look at it, and you know you have a team that is expected to make the run. And uh, that's the one thing I was talking to somebody earlier today. And I said, you know, this is going to be crazy for me because I haven't had a chance to experience hosting a cup. You know, and, and uh, that's what I'm looking forward to doing. Yeah, I'm going to rack up a lot of miles on my car and run all over Los Angeles to be part of as many events as I can. And, right. and for me personally, yeah, I, I'm excited about that, but, you know, I had a chance to talk to uh, Omar Gonzalez this last week, and then you, know, you guys probably read that uh, Bruce Arena said it in one of the articles that uh, I think it really weighed on the team. I think that was one of their motivating things to say, hey, listen, we're the best team of the league. we got to make sure we're there. Uh, and uh, they didn't say it too much, but uh, now we're hearing that that was something that was spoken internally, that uh, we need to make sure that, that we host the final, that we're going to be playing in the final. And um, I guess I guess Tim Laywicket found a gauntlet right in March, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, we were sitting there. You were at the table with me and my boys. Uh, yeah. A couple of guys were across, were across the aisle from us on another table. And he said it, and we all kind of looked at each other like, did we just really hear that? And then immediately everyone whipped out their phone, went on Twitter. It was great. Yeah, and I think the league kind of went nuts and said, hey, wait a minute, that wasn't supposed to be an out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a great day. It was. It was It was fun. And it, uh, that's one of the days I look forward to as, as the league gets underway and the season gets underway. And, and honestly, this is kind of it's nice that we're going to be in the final, but it also means it's the last game of the season and we have to wait for another two months before we get this thing underway again. Yeah. So let's let's wrap up some of the MLS season stuff real quick. Uh, the Galaxy's own Omar Gonzalez named uh, Defender of the Year. Amen. Um, but then, uh, as much as I don't want to throw fuel on this fire, I am going to say in, a, in an interview this week, men's national team U.S. men's national team coach Jurgen Klinsmann says that uh, Omar Gonzalez is behind Orlando Fiscal and the current uh, current crop of defensemen he has right now. Okay. Uh, well, he's the national team coach, and uh, he's the one who evaluates the players. Um, and I, that's believe Omar's at, I believe Omar's at a position to where he can challenge for a, tar- a starting spot with this current U.S. national team. That's, that's how I feel. Here's what I have to say about that. Omar don't get knocked down by some Frenchie named Remy. Uh, I, ju- uh, I just hope we're not talking about uh, Mexican national team defenseman or Omar Gonzalez. In the no, defense. I don't think so. Uh, no, I think, uh, I think here's, here's, here's what I hope to see, and I think this is the fair thing. Uh, when, once national team camp opens in January, I think, uh, I think uh, Omar's going to get his opportunity to prove himself. And I think that's the fair thing to do, is to say, okay, fine, you know, if, you're, if you happen to be the coach of the national team and, and, and you have not you know, drinking the water, so to speak. You're, he's not at the top of your list. But you want to bring him in there and say, okay, show me, prove to me that I'm, that I'm making a mistake here by leaving you off. And I think, I think Omar's at a point in his career uh, from, a, from a, a mental level now 
that uh, that he can go out in, in a situation like that and prove to a coach that he belongs at the highest level. Okay, no, I'm, Joe- I want to segue. I want to segue. Let's stay uh, award winner in national team. Sebastian Latou winning the Xbox 360 Fair Play Award individual has come out and said that his goal is to get his U.S. citizenship and be a member of the U.S. men's national team. Uh, How old is doing he? what? Playing for the U.S. men's national team. No, I, I, that's great. You know, I, I, I think that's great. I, I don't see him uh, as uh, as a starter. Maybe, maybe be a player that comes off the bench. But then again, I'd want to. Why wouldn't I have Hercules Gomez, a guy who can shoot from distance and and can run like the wind? And why isn't Hurt getting calls up from Clinzy? That's that that's another mystifying process right there. Why isn't Hercules getting the call? Um. Guys, I wish I knew. I, I look at some of the stuff and I scratch my head, and, and I, I'm willing to say, okay, I'm going to wait, be patient, and, and, and kind of wait for the message of Mads show to show up. Um, to me, I think Klinsman's selections have a lot more to do with I'm going to look in a different direction and get some guys here that I haven't seen, and some of the other guys I'm going to give them enough rope to hang themselves, and, and uh, they won't be getting any calls anymore after this. That's just kind of... Uh, uh, I, I, I kind of sit back and look at it and say, okay, you know, uh, he's picking guys we haven't seen before. He's going to give them a chance, and that's fine. And he's also giving guys that we have seen before enough rope to just hang themselves. That's that's kind of what I the way I look at it. I, you know, we can get into whether they need two forwards or not, because I'll tell you right now, they should be playing with two forwards. Yeah. Again, I'm a broadcaster. I'm not a coach. Now, Brian, who are the other awards? Oh. Well, this, I, this you're week. talking to neither a broadcaster or neither or neither a coach over here, so I, it doesn't uh, no. it doesn't really matter. The other words, uh, rookie of the year, CJ Sapong, Big Africa, warranted, Sporting warranted. The Xbox 360 Team Fair Play Award went to the Portland Timbers. Okay. The MLS Works Humanitarian of the Year was Zach Boggs for the New England Revolution. Who? Uh, referee of the Year, Mark Geiger. Assistant Referee of the Year, I don't care. Mark Geiger, really? Yes. Wow. And then coming up this week, we'll have Coach of the Year, which will be announced on Monday. Uh, Bruce Arena, Ziggy Schmidt, Peter Vermes. I, I think it's got to be Vermes. I pick Vermes. I think it's got to be. I can, I, mean, I can see the vote going to Vermes. Yeah, the way he yeah. turned the team around, that was just amazing. Everybody thought he was going to be fired by the end of the season, yep. and he turned it around in a big way. Uh, so, so I can see, I can see that vote going to Peter Vermeer. Uh, Absolutely, comeback, 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 player of the year: Beckham, Charlie Davies, or Dominic Aduro? Um, since since David is in that category, uh, and what he did with 15 assists on the year, then yeah, it's him. He's going to win it. Yeah, I, I think. I think. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know that with Charlie. Uh, I, don't think, yeah, I, don't think Charlie, I don't think Charlie Davies belongs there. I think Dominic Odura had a strong year. Odura had a great year, man. I loved watching that cat play. I really did. As uh, you know, he, I think he did a really great job. Uh, I think Davies uh, was it just a, was it just a yeah he was suspended. His suspension for diving, I think, is something that would really hinder him from winning that award. Yeah, I, mean, I think I, that, I think so, I think that really tarnished his season, and it tarnished the way a lot of people looked at him. Do you think people are taking that as literally coming back from his life-threatening injuries? They might. Whoever votes for this, man, and I understand that. I mean, it, these are all subjective anyway. So, so whoever votes for this stuff, uh, they might think it. You know, hey, this guy, this guy looked 
death in the, straight in the eye and he's back to playing professional soccer. But then again, if you look at it and say the way his season ended, the way he was on the bench, uh, the way uh, in important matches for his team to make the playoffs yep. and not called upon, um, yeah. then, you, then you look at it and say, well, maybe something's not totally there and then maybe the, maybe the message needs to be continued uh, that uh, you're not totally back yet. Uh, and you're not doing everything properly yet. I mean, I, that's the only reason why I can think Ben Olsen would bench him and not allow him to play important matches down the stretch is the fact that uh, you haven't won the respect of your coach at this point. And if you haven't won that, how can you win any any type of award? And, and he spent a lot of time on Twitter complaining and saying that he was ready. <laughs> yeah, I, he I, doesn't I, really I, do you a lot of good. I'm wondering no, if maybe he stole Ben Olsen's carbon for a joyride. <gasps> wow. No, that's Sorry, wrong. too soon. That's wrong. Too soon, sorry. That's wrong. The All-State goalkeeper, All goalkeeper of the Year finalists, Kevin Hartman, Casey Keller, and Feared Mondragon. Hartman. 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 Yeah. Well, I mean, Fareed. Kevin Hartman joined him. Fareed had a great year, Dallas. but Hartman. Yeah, where, where was Kevin Hartman before? Uh, I think Kevin Hartman had one howler this year, and I love Casey Keller. And Casey Keller, of course, you know, he's going to have you know, the resume he has. But I can tell you, just by watching that Casey had more than one hour this year for Seattle. Yeah. Well, he had a, he, and, uh, and whenever you replace Dario Sala, you exponentially look better. Yeah, I'm just surprised that he had to wait. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, Kevin's a future Hall of Famer in our, in our, in our league. I think uh, his dad still has Galaxy season tickets, doesn't he? Uh, he might. He I might. Think he I mean, does. He's, a, uh, he's, a, he's an LA boy. I know that. So yeah. I, would, I would think they're still coming out to the Galaxy matches and and hopefully supporting the Galaxy. I mean, he, you know, as far as I'm concerned, a guy like him wants the Galaxy, always a Galaxy. Yeah, so he's always a G. You know, he's he's going to be welcome back home. Uh, newcomer of the Year finalists Eric Hasley for Vancouver, Luke Rogers for New York, and Mauro Rosales for Seattle. I say Luke Rogers. Oh, that's a tough one. Go ahead. I pick Luke Rogers. Because, because um, even even when he played forty five minutes, it was a totally separate team when he was out there. Yeah, you're right. You, you know what? But I think that's more of an impact, isn't it? I, I don't know. Anyway, I, I I think yeah. As much as I hate to, I'd have to go with Rogers on that one. Let me ask you this question, guys: If you were going to build your team with one of those three players, who would be the first selected? Hasley. Well, I don't know. They both have the same amount of red cards, don't they? Hasley yeah. and Rogers. Yep. And that's Al Rogers has, has injuries to deal with, too. Which, yeah, which yeah. Was, you know, that's why he's got limited playing time. Um, well, I, I, think it, I think it's fair. Luke Rogers, I think he was a difference maker, certainly a difference maker for, for New York. And without, without him in the lineup, they struggled offensively. And with him in the lineup, they were much more competitive and much more dangerous. Um, unfortunately for Vancouver, they, you know, they, they're an expansion team, and they, they really had a hard time the whole season. Um, but if I if you ask me quality of player, I would think Osley more than more than Luke Rogers. I can't give you a stat for Luke Rogers because it got rammed down our throats here in Dallas. I'm willing to accept Luke Rogers as the newcomer of the year. I am well, I, you know, in that regard, I'm not, I wouldn't argue against yeah. it if, if that showed up. I'd say, okay, that's cool. I'm good with New that. New York won two games without Luke Rogers, the first game of the season and the wild card game against Dallas. 
Okay. Wow. Uh, your Volkswagen Most Valuable Player finalists are Brad Davis from the aforementioned Houston Dynamo, Dwayne D. Rosario from D.C. United, and Breck Shea from F.C. Dallas. Uh, I think Breck got tired, yep. as a young player does, playing so many games. He got run, exactly. He's going to be a future MVP in this league, uh, if he remains in this league. Um, uh, you know, Dwayne DeRosario, it's kind of di- it's really weird. He played on three different teams this year <laughs> let, and won the Golden Boot, and uh, and you didn't make the playoffs. That's going that's gonna to take that's going to take votes away from him, yeah. in my opinion. And your and Brad Davis has his team in the final, uh, led the league in assists. It really turned into a predominant uh, assist maker and crosser of the ball, uh, more so than he's done in years past. So I think Brad Davis is going to win it. Yeah, it's got to be Brad Davis. He's he's had the most overall impact on his club, not just not just personal statistical anomalies. He's had the biggest impact overall on his club. Uh, I'm a huge Breck Shea fan. That's, this is an FC Dallas team that played 47 games as opposed to 34 games last year. I think Champions League really hurt him, tired out. I agree, Brad Davis. Yep. Yeah, and I think also for Breck Shea, you see, I think you see it right now with the U.S. national team. I think uh, he might be there between the years, but his body isn't there. He need, His body needs some rest. Right. Yeah. And I'm just not a D-Row fan. I never have been. I never have been. Now, hey, you know, I, I'm sorry. It's popped in my head. I have to ask this question now while I'm thinking about it. With all this uh, talk of roast, uh, Frank Rost being gone from New York, Ricketts, obviously, great keeper, but we don't necessarily need him like we did before. Now that we got Saunders and Perk, do you think we trade Ricketts and Barrett, Ricketts and Chrisman, Ricketts and someone else and get Aguadello? Um, wow. That, that's a tough one because, I, for whatever reason, I still see both those goalkeepers in the Galaxy uniform next year. Do you really? And, uh, yeah, I, I, I believe so. I think, I think Bruce Arena uh, understands the importance of having a very good goalkeeping. And, uh, and in that regard, I think uh, you got a national team goalkeeper in Donovan Ricketts. you got a guy who's played at the, you know, kind of the highest levels, I think it's fair to say. And yeah, I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm not opposed to it at all. I, I, I back yeah. it completely. I'd rather, I'd rather spend the money there than the $1.2 million we spent on JPA. I'd, yeah, rather, well, I'd, I'd rather spend that money on goalkeepers who are, you know, keeping, uh, keeping our bacon out of the fire. So I, yeah, I don't disagree I, I with think, it. I'm uh, just wondering. I, I, for whatever reason, that, that, you know, my first impression is I see Donovan Ricketts and, and Josh Saunders uh, in a Galaxy uniform next year and, uh, and really competing and keeping each other very sharp. Uh, as we've seen this season with the Galaxy, your number one will go down uh, with an injury and could be down for an extended period. And if you don't have a good number two, whomever that number two is, it could be a, it could be a big, big problem. And I think New York is the other, uh, um, the other example we can point to because they yeah. had bad goalkeeping throughout the season and it really hurt them. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm sure you've been to practice, Joe. But those guys, the three of those guys, along with um, the coach, uh, Ian, Ian Fuhrer, Foyer, they get along like no one's business. The four of those guys together as a group—they're they're hilarious. They're an act. They're they're just a riot, and they're a lot of fun to watch practicing because they're having a good time with each other. So yeah, I, I would hate to break that up. Yeah, I just remember. You remember when the Galaxy uh, lost Zach Abdel, who was the goalkeepers coach for Kevin Hartman? Uh, there was kind of that gray area there for a time that the goalkeepers were turning to be a mess. 
for Los yeah. Angeles. I was all part of that, you know, that problem the Galaxy had there in those few years there of, what, 06 through 08. Uh, it, it was not just the defense that, that was bad. It was the goalkeeping that was bad. There was a lot of things that aren't, weren't right. You got Ian there, the goalkeeper's coach. You brought in, you know, first move was Brian bringing in Donovan Ricketts, and, and things started to get much, much better. Um, and, and I think once you have it fixed, uh, I would hesitate before I would make a move in tearing any of those guys out of there. Uh, yeah. Now, do you? Goals, I could probably start in this league, so one of them might go. Uh, but I would think uh, I would think the two veterans are going to stick around because they're still relatively young for goalkeepers anyway. Yeah. Now, 2008. Uh, do you remember? I, I don't know if you. I remember it very distinctly. It was Bruce came in after you know after um, right after after Rude was let go. After Kobe did his one game as head coach, they brought Bruce in, and I think the first move he made was to bring Saunders in from uh, F- from uh, Miami. Ah, or, that would be correct, yeah. And I, I, I don't know if you remember this, but he was playing it. He got into the game, and he actually picked Troy Roberts up off his feet and placed him into the position he wanted him in. And I remember thinking, yeah. that's the keeper I want from now on. That's the guy. And yeah, I've been, and I, I've been in love um, with Saunders ever since. I'm a big fan of both those guys for different reasons. Uh, uh, if you watch the goalkeepers, the way they play, they, they play different. Obviously, they're different personalities, different command uh, of the 18-yard box. And, and I'm a big fan of both the way they play the game. And, um, you know, uh, you guys put me on the spot here. I want to see both those guys back next season, in my opinion. Okay, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I was just wondering if you thought it might be a possibility, but you brought up a good point that I didn't thought I, about. I think it's possible, but I don't see the Galaxy uh, doing business with New York. I okay. just don't see it right now. Okay. I don't think it makes sense. And I, I think there's a reason Aguadella didn't play as much. I don't, yeah, I don't know if it has, has to do with Hans Baca being just... Hans Baca? That turned crazy, but... I think there's, there's, a, reason, there's a reason why Aguadella was not playing. Could it have to do with our favorite Ginge over there? I don't know what, what was going on there with, with Agabello. Um, you know, I've, I've read the quotes from Hans Bach in the past, and, you know, the quotes out of New York, and why was he left on the bench, and Hans Bach are responding, I went one of the best players. Uh, you know, that, that says a lot. Uh, it doesn't sound like a player that's going to be there uh, for the extended period uh, to me. And, uh, you know, at some point, uh, we'll find out what the truth is, but uh, I'm kind of scratching my head also because you see tremendous talent there. And uh, unless unless the young man's not doing things properly off the field and in training, which we don't see, uh, then you wonder why he's not in the game. Because when he's in the game, he, he really leaves an imprint on the game. Uh, he didn't do it here in the, in the final. Uh, uh, when he came on, I think he came on the final moments against the Galaxy and really didn't have much to do in that contest. But... Uh, uh, you know, during the regular season, I've only seen highlights type plays from him. And uh, maybe they are trying to keep him under wraps. Maybe they are trying to bring him along properly. Um, but usually coaches don't make those type of quotes when you say, why wasn't he on the field? And he said, I want one of my best players. That, right. that tells you there's a problem. That, that, yeah. that does, uh, does uh, scratch. That is a head scratcher. Uh, Joe, give us some plugs where we can hear you and, and find you during the week and Twitter and all that good stuff. Ah, uh, Twitter at Joe Tutino. Of course, you're more than welcome to uh, Facebook friend me. I have, uh, you know, it's all part of the same group. Uh, Facebook is also Joe Tutino, and, uh, and you'll hear the games on AM 1150 in LA on K uh, Talk AM 1150, and of course it'll be streamed at uh, LAGalaxy.com/slash/game day 
live, and of course, every week we do the what's called Galaxy All Access. I'm not sure who I'm interviewing this week, but we'll have uh, something going on this week uh, to preview the the MLS Cup, and uh, you know, just going to have a going to have some fun on Sunday night. Looking forward to it. And, and we'll make sure that we tweet out uh, all those links for your for the uh, Galaxy Podcast, uh, for your podcast, excuse me, and for um, people can follow you and find you on Facebook as well. Joe Totino, well, you're a good man. Thanks for having me. I, I, I feel like I, I spoke too much there, guys, so I apologize if I took too much of your How time. How dare you, sir? No, the, no, you did, you did great, Joe. Show. Thank you very much. All right, guys. It was, well, it was guys amazing to have you on. Sunday. Thank you. My pleasure. That's the exact point of the show. Joe Tutino, everybody. We had a plug for him. Thank you for spending a, an hour of his Sunday. Beautiful Sunday. Mattering of applause. Uh, Mark? Uh, uh, yeah, I got, I got to get back to tamales. I got some red chili cooking I got to finish up. So brutal. So brutal. Yeah, you guys take off. I'll, I'll handle the plugs. Have a good week, and we'll see you, see you soon. All right, Joe, thanks Bye. a lot. Everybody in the chat room, love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Uh, so thank you again to everybody for joining us. Uh, the uh, You'll be able to get the archive up on the website later this evening. The podcast will be up as well. Thank you for those people that have been following us uh, and downloading the podcast on iTunes. We want to thank the good people at Geek Week Online, Jeff Katz, for letting us come on here every week and uh, do this. want to say hello to everybody in the, in the chat room, Dean and Yvonne. Really appreciate you guys coming in, the guys who couldn't... Uh, couldn't join. Mark, me, Brian, my memory was there. Is that? Are you asking me, Dean? Asked to have uh, move out of the way real quick. Uh. Oh, sorry. In the background, that uh, that is a Mike Madonna Dallas Stars autographed jersey. That is a uh, 1999. That's a Stanley Cup uh, media pass. That's a patch. Picture of me with the cup, too, and that's a towel they gave away. Over here is a uh, 99 Stars team autographed Stanley Cup photo, and underneath it is a 2000, say 2000 or 2001 New Jersey Devils uh, autographed photo as well. So there's, there you go. There's a couple more things around here. Uh, maybe, maybe one, maybe I'll do a separate show, uh, not on Geek Week, and I'll show you some of the other. Uh, have some game-worn shoes, some basketballs, some Michael Jordan stuff, stuff like that. Um, that is pretty much it. You can catch us. I'm going to go ahead and jump right over here to the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter at Tweeter underscore Dumb. Sarah is at Holbird. Mark at SC underscore Beaner Lights. That's L-I-T-E-S. And you can get uh, you can get the show at Top of the Table TV. And, of course, everything on our website, topofthetable.tv. Um... Hmm. Oh, how did that get up there? Just going to throw that out there for people. Swap of the table. You might want to get stocked up. I'm just saying. Could be coming back pretty soon. Hashtag swap of the table. Uh, that is it uh, for my co-host Mark Villa in L.A., uh, the wonderful Joe Tutino for joining us on the phone from San Diego. I am Brian Bentley from Dallas. Thank you very much for watching and listening to Top of the Table. We'll see you next week on Geek Week.